What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I have a gentleman of extraordinary league. Single sir. <laughs> your trainer, Corey, a.k.a. your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Our faithful comrades will be joining us eventually. Humans of all types, listeners from near and far, you are in store for a treat nonetheless today. Now, I have some very special people with me that I've been talking about on this show previously, talking about how we got into that breath work, Corey, how I was using that to help me reset and recalibrate where my mind is. And we've definitely touched on the topic of nootropics from time to time before. So I can't wait to introduce introduce you to Sage and Pam. Corey, let's make some noise for Sage and Pam let's one time, please. Yeah. Oh, we're going to add that in the post. We're going to make that work. We're going to make that work. <laughs> There's some brain power up in here today. For sure. For sure. How are y'all doing today? Good. Juicy. Good. Really Pretty juicy. good. If it got any better, it'd be illegal in all 50 states. I mean, this is what I'm signing up for. And you said you feel juicy today? <laughs> oh, yeah. juicy. All right. It's going to be a good right. episode. That was, that was the first juicy response right. you got. Right. It was all a dream. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's happening. Welcome to your own podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is all. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be different. So before I jump into how we like to navigate through this conversation, Sage, could you give me a little bit about what the water is that we're drinking right now? Because I want to make sure everybody knows while we're on this juicy excursion. As it's all just fresh. Squeeze from the Gowanus, right? Exactly. Ooh, it's the good Gowanus. It's the vintage Gowanus. <laughs> what did we just do to this so, water? So what we've done is we have imprinted this water that you're drinking, ordinary, everyday water, mm-hmm. with the frequency of 4.2 hertz, or pulses per second, Okay. which when consumed slowly, I would like to add, over the course of an hour, whoops. will... <laughs> whoops. I chugged a 40 before he told me. Yeah, oh, just man. slammed the whole bunch. What we have is a, a situation when you drink the water, the water produces a nootropic effect that people call clarity. That's what they call it. Okay. It's not what I called it, so I'm not trying to tell you what to feel, but people feel more alert. They report feeling very awake and having a level of verbal and mental acuity that they can't attain without it. Okay, right on. That's so what they gonna, say. Listen, we're going to try it out. I'm going to figure this out by the end of the episode. I'm going to see how clear I am. That's right. what we're going to look for. So now... I'm partly cloudy right now, so right? we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time you make <laughs> it to the bottom... Thunder showers. Yeah, we get to that thunder, man. We're going to make it work. And we are now joined by the one and only Troy Brooks. Troy, what's going on, my man? How you feeling? Peace and love. Happy Monday, fun day, people. There we I go. right where I need to be. You look sound real namaste today. You sound real I centered. had to get there. He you came in on a good vibe. Yeah. I had to get there. Do not give him the water. Don't give it to him yet. We got to let him get charged up. No water for you. I'm already there, man. I'm water, guys. I am water. Be like you water. Are there you go. If, if, if you splash me, stroke me nicely, I stroke you nicely. You if you splash at me, I splash back. I am water. We in a different type of if, space. This if is this going to be that kind of party? <laughs> it, it might be. It, it, it all depends on the day you catch me, man. I, I, I drink a different kind of water. It's, it's, it's known as tequila. It might be clearer. Right, a little right, more spirited, right? right? 1942. Yes. We're getting right back in there. So, Pam and Sage, we have a very special way in which we like to navigate through and help our listeners know exactly who you are. So, first question is, I got to know, where were you, respectively, when you first fell in love with this thing we call wellness? Let me hear that story. Really paint the picture for me. Where'd you come from? What's the background? What's happening inside that space? Let me hear that, my man. Mm. Wow. I was at the bottom of a very deep well. Okay. I was pushing 320 pounds, well over 300, pushing 320 with a failed fusion in my neck, an implant that shouldn't have been there that was rattling around loose. 
and I was unable to move. I was opioid addicted or dependent because I had been on opioids, NSAIDs, benzodiazepines, muscle relaxers, the entire array of medications that they can give someone who was in the condition that I was in. And they had stopped working. The pain had rolled me and I was unable to continue. I was unable to walk. I was unable to live. I was unable to breathe. I was unable to, to function. And I was introduced to wellness in a very modern and ancient indigenous way by a doctor. And it didn't take long. Uh, day three, day four, I went from not being able to walk to bounding, like boop, 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 up three stairs. Mm. Very large and not quite steady, but I remember going, that was the first three, four stairs I went boop, 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 boop in a year. I spent a year in bed. I was alone. I lost my brain. I lost my mind. I lost my job. I lost everything. Mm. And then I discovered breathwork and wellness and modern medical technology, like true modern science that's being used at Hacked and by other very elite performers, military athletes, CEOs, people who need that extra 1%. I discovered it as a very, very, very heavy, chemically dependent, completely broken individual. And I started what was then a very delusional journey. Turned out delusional but correct in the long run. But I believed that I could get well mm. using nothing but the power of my mind and my breath and a little bit of modern technology. And so wellness kind of found me. And I became enwrapped and it became not a theoretical journey. This was a life or death mission Yeah, because they had pronounced me not okay in a number of ways. Let's just say like yeah. systemically not okay, chronically inflamed, a bunch of preexisting genetic conditions, like everything. Was just you also coded several times. So you were – it was really dire. Yeah, that happened, just... that happened later. That actually happened later with some other medical inventions. Yeah. But I have, I have come so close to dead that I've seen the other side and I made a decision that, to live. And I've had to do that a few times. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's where I fell in love with it. And what Pam's referring to is that there were other incidences where some of the latest, most advanced, technical, peptide, functional, super biohacking medicine that was put poorly into practice almost killed me. And that put me in the hospital where my heart was going down to between 25 and 28 beats per minute at night. And they kept running and going, Are you, is he alive? Is he alive? Is he okay? So I have suffered from a systemic lack of care in the traditional medical system and the advanced fancy, functional, cash-only, yeah. biohacky medical system. So wellness for me starts and ends with care. Wow. And care is the word that's lacking. And what I'm looking to bring into everything that I do and to what we're doing at Hacked is care because I fell in love with wellness. But what I really fell in love with was this concept of care. And I know care. We know it when we get it. And we don't get it so often. We pay through the nose and we go to a place to see a person about a thing no care. So the instant we get a little bit, we're like, oh, wait, something's, wait different. A minute, something's different. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, it was wellness, but it was care and the way that care expressed itself internally for myself and the way I now practice with everyone else around me is wellness via this passion mm. for humanity and the ability to find an alternative route. There's always another way. There's not always a shortcut. Sometimes it's the long way. Right. 
But wellness combined with care is uh, an unstoppable force in my healing journey. Wellness combined with care. I'm feeling the vibe. Something's in this water. I'm going to let you know that right now. (laughs) This whole space is getting on that same little vibe of energy. All right. Now, Pam, I'd be remiss if Mm. I didn't go to you and understand. My story is not nearly as as dramatic. But it's your story nonetheless. Yeah, no, I... You know, I grew up on a farm, very active, always healthy, thriving, really connected with nature and ended up in New York City, became a mom. And it was really when I became a mom that wellness became this really urgent um, need for me to figure it out and crack the code on it. Because I think like a lot of, you know, new moms, you lose yourself. And um, I I didn't know that I lost myself. I just knew that something was, was wrong. And fitness was a path that I felt like was accessible. And so I was like, I don't know how to solve a lot of the problems in my life right now, but I know I can get fit. And so I got really, really fit, figured out nutrition, got myself in really good shape, and then started other helping other people, other moms um, do that. And it, it really um, blossomed into something much more than physical fitness because I got really fit. And then I was like, ooh, that didn't solve all my problems. So then it was, what's the next layer of fitness that I want to crack the code on and understand? So mental fitness and then ultimately spiritual, energetic fitness, meditation, um, that became really my path. And then it, it circled back. You know, over the last couple of years, if you had said you're going to go back and be a physical trainer again, I would have said, no, you know, I know that the deeper stuff is so much more important um, and harder. You know, it's it's trickier to, to navigate the stuff we can't see than the stuff we can see. Mm-hmm. But um, what happened was through meditation, this idea of starting Hacked kind of just came to me. And it connected a lot of dots because the thing about biohacking and the latest technology and this accessibility that we now have for a much more efficient path to physical fitness, it's real and it's really sexy. And so when I tell people that I work out less than 40 minutes a week and I'm in pretty good shape, people pay attention and people come. And then I get the opportunity to coach them. And then once you're in my space and I'm coaching you, we can start sneaking in the mental stuff and the energetic stuff. Kind of like as a mom, I sneak the spinach in the smoothie for my kids. There we go. Um, So my path was really organic and it started from the outside in, ended up the inside out, but now it's kind of all come together. And so the stuff that we do at Hacked really is holistic. So that's my... I'm enjoying every single aspect of the story and I do want to unpack because there are some dense topics of conversation that are going to be inside here. So one, I like the whole idea of navigating the stuff that you can't see because Mm -hmm. I think that's something that emanates inside those spaces. I think I spoke to you guys before where I, whenever I go into hack fitness and we're going to go into that story as to how that whole space evolved and I want to understand that, but I never come in with an agenda. It's just kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to learn today, but it's going to be something that I know is going to be like, wow, this is going to be a different perspective from where I started in at. I I feel that every single time we've ever met, it could be a cup of coffee, it could be some tea, it could be me charging up my water. There's going to be something (laughs) different that I understand every single time that I come inside there and I feel that that emanates throughout the whole space and it's something that's special. So I do want to understand when you're starting to crack those codes mm. as you're speaking to, yeah. when did this start to materialize and also how did you guys come together? So when I first started feeling inspired to start Hacked, it really kind of came through my own um, discovery of some of these physical fitness tools, right? This technology that was available that I didn't you know, have access to in New York. I didn't know it existed. I actually found a coach out of South, uh, South Africa who was coaching me and telling me about it. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, but the thing about it, like Sage was saying, and it really starts with care, mm-hmm. you know, caring for ourselves and caring for our community. 
And so it all started blossoming and it, it kind of sprouted from that seed of care, which is that thing that we can't see, right? Like we, care is one of the fundamental things that we can't see that I use as a compass point in everything that I do. And at Hacked, we have our values on the wall and that's the first value is care. So, you know, all of this started in, in the space of what I can't see and then it materialized in the space that, that you can see and that you can come visit and hang out there and, and there is that kind of magical, mystical quality of hack that you never know who you're going to meet there, you never know what you know strange uh, practice you may have the opportunity to experience but the thing about it is the energy of that place is real and so the care that you feel there is real and the vulnerability that we support you kind of embracing there is real like being brave and being present and being vulnerable so you can grow and heal hopefully but it all it all comes full circle and and sage he came full circle <laughs> it was actually a year ago in a week that he came into hacked as a client he was in New York and was looking for one of the pieces of tech that we have at Hacked that he had used in his own healing journey, and we're the only place in New York City that had it. And so he came in, and as soon as he walked in, I just happened to be there. He came in to see Bob Troya, a quantified Bob. I don't know if you guys know him, but I happened to be there. And when he walked in, it was just kind of instant fireworks of like, what's your story? And so that's the kind of thing that happens at Hacked and happened for me when I started Hacked. I had no idea, one, what I was doing, two, what it was going to become. It was just kind of an inspired calling to do it. But when someone like Sage walks in, it just changes the whole kind of trajectory of what the business can become because he then brought a lot of his knowledge about these biohacking technologies and how they're used in healing. And I came at it, yeah, it was healing my energy, but I was more focused on like just being physically strong and being mentally strong and being energetically strong. I didn't really have anything that I was healing from that was really kind of tangible. It was more the, the stuff I couldn't see that I was healing from, right? right. Disconnection from my identity, disconnection from self-confidence and, and deeper kind of connection to my truth. But to me, all of it comes full circle and, and ends up fitting together and exploding. Look at that. I even like the uh, verbiage over there. It's, coming in. it's all tied together. Now, this is something that, again, is palpable as soon as you walk inside of there. That community is a welcoming community. It's a community that is inquisitive naturally, and that inquisition leads you to test the boundaries, to push into different directions, and to not necessarily accept what you know to be true for its face value. Mm -hmm. Because the really owner has to dig a little bit and go mm -hmm. a little bit deeper and to get the most out of life. We're all trying to aspire towards. I see that happening on that front line and I see you guys inside that space. Guys, how do you feel about this story of care, compassion, technology, old information, new information, all happening in one big old crazy mix up? How are you feeling about that? I actually have a question for you on the care side. Care is a really difficult thing to hire for. Mm. So what is your process for finding people mm. that are going to actually care I about love, the product? I love that question. I'm going to field it just because I'm the one kind of, you know, leading the ship currently, culturally a hack. Because you're the boss. I, I, there we go. I am. That'll buck, do it. The buck stops here for better or for worse. So it's, it's all energy, right? Like when I first met you guys, I was like, oh my God, your energy is amazing. You bring this untangible quality through your being. And that, you know, some people say, oh, you know, it's people's attitude. There's a lot of words that we use as humans to try to put our finger on what that special sauce is. But I think all of us in the room, like, we can feel it. When you meet somebody and you can feel their energy, you can look in their eyes and you can, like, see their eyes light up and their smile light up. You know, they may not yet know how to use a certain piece of equipment, but they're bringing a certain quality, a certain essence into the space and you can feel it. And that's the number one thing that I look for when I first meet someone. And then the other thing that I look for is bravery. 
Because if someone isn't brave, there's going to be stuff that challenges our sense of self, our, our ego, all the things that happen as we grow, right? Half of life is incredibly uncomfortable. And if we're not brave, when the going gets tough, we're going to constrict and shut down. And then we're not going to be able to bring the energy and care. Mm. So those are the two main things that I look for initially. And I, I have specific ways that I kind of test that out. Mm. But then the third thing that takes a little bit longer to see is how skillful someone is being able to kind of be aware and be present and be mindful moment to moment. And so some people go into kind of a habitual autopilot mode, being negative, complaining, when the going gets tough, not realizing that they're distracting and blaming and and doing the things that humans do because we have a brain and that's how our brain is wired for protection. But that's kind of the third piece that I really look for. And sometimes that, you know, maybe two weeks in, I'm like, you know what, you are awesome. I'm so glad you came into our space. And I anybody I ever let go, I always have a, a permanent open door to mentor them and coach them because I think they came into my life for a reason. But if you're not able to practice mindfulness and practice being open and brave and compassionate when things are tricky, you're not our people. Can I just add to that? I think part of what the dynamic is that Pam and I are working on is embodying care. And so as people walk in and Pam hires and onboards, the responsibility is on those who know to embody and reflect. And that's something that I've picked up from Pam and that I've taken to heart in my own life. And so you can't always ahead of time know or pre-screen. And there's a certain intuitiveness that Pam brings, an intuition that she brings to the process. But I've seen people embody it on an increasing level as they are around the field of those who are embodying it. We have a field, all of us. We have a field. We are projectors. We are creators. We are imaginators. You know, we're imaginal creatures, Bruce Lipton says. And so what we create, what we imagine, what we emanate, what we think, what we embody is infectious. And so I'm watching the progression of people who work at Hacked, embodying and growing and filling out this concept of care because if we don't practice it ourselves personally, I can't show up between this hour and this hour and front. Yeah. Care. Yeah. It's not it's not legit. It's not common. And you know what? New Yorkers are Feel like immediately. ace yeah. bullshit detectors. <laughs> Just ace. Well, the real ones. They, they are ace at it and they're gonna come in and they go, nah, I'm good. It's not for me. And they're out. They turn on a dime and they will walk right back yeah, out because there's a the thousand other places within 10 square blocks where they can go to get quote unquote fit. Right. I like that we're alive in this reckoning of what that actually means, that quote unquote fit as well. Because I think, again, mm-hmm. inside the space that you have, contemporarily speaking, it might not look like the rest of the players that are inside that same value system. Yeah. but it does get you to a different level of understanding and it does get you to understand what efficiency means inside of that whole space, right? Mm-hmm. It's about tapping into multiple disciplines to get to that destination that you were talking about a little bit earlier, stage that doesn't have one set path inside mm-hmm. there. How are you perceived in those other spaces, first and foremost, meaning your contemporaries that might be in similar ilks? And then how do you say, you know what, this is why we're going to go in our direction. This is why we know that this is true. It's funny. I am... Um... I have given zero thought to what anyone else thinks of I love that. it is yeah, that I'm doing. Like, good. honestly, like, good. I'm like, huh, I've never even considered that. I mean, I, I guess I would assume 
if I thought about it, they'd be like, well, who is she and what's, how does she know what she's doing and why, who does she think she is? And, you know, the typical things that most humans, because that's, I mean, I have that voice in my own head mm-hmm. that was like, well, Pam, what, what are you doing? And how are you qualified to do this? And what, and I had to shut that voice up really quick or I wouldn't have been brave enough to just say, no, this is something I feel called to do and I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we're doing is, is really, really different in all ways, truly right. Um, first of all, our space, it's a minimum. I, I did it all myself. So I joke that it's kind of like your college dorm. That was a bit of a disaster area and like <laughs> home away from home. And one of my advisors who who said this so lovingly, she said to me, don't take this the wrong way. She said, but if you've been able to accomplish what you've accomplished in that space with that build out, imagine what you're going to be able to do in this next space right. where you've got the build out and you've got the infrastructure and everything. Because I literally did everything myself. At hacked. I did the website myself, the branding myself, hung the curtains. I mean, I had obviously my uh, Craigslist helpers that came and helped me do right. it. But, but yeah, we're we're so different, and and so I think that in some ways, I know. I mean, I've I've had enough interactions with people that I know we've inspired people. Right. People get a sense that what we're doing is real, and and they're intrigued and they're inspired. Um, and then I know I've triggered people. I know there's people that have um, been judgmental and and I've triggered them and and I've gotten some negative vibes and that's cool too and you know when I trigger someone else or when we trigger other people if we don't let it trigger us then then we're in a position of power you know if we trigger someone else and then we get triggered and we take it personally that this person this person doesn't like us or this person thinks that you know we're not good enough or we're not qualified or we're doing something that's not in our lane if we let that impact our confidence and our ability to show up, then that's disempowering us. Mm-hmm. So I'm really grateful for the, the people that have gravitated, that have started to come, that are other professionals, like a trainer's trainer, like you said, right? There are a lot of trainers that I get to train. Um, there are a lot of other really successful, very high-level fitness um, entrepreneurs that I get to train. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, the, that stuff behind the curtain that I feel is really validating and I feel really good about. But that's not what drives me. You know, what drives me is this big vision of of evangelizing really this holistic definition of fitness. So we, we get to a more foundational, cohesive ability to show up for a higher capacity of life mm-hmm. it's not just physical it's not just looking good naked great side effect but that's not what this is about it's about being able to show up you know in our families in our jobs in our communities to really raise the bar of mm-hmm. what's possible you know so we go out there and we spread inspiration and we spread creativity we're not going out and spreading asshole seriously one of the things that i love about meeting you individually but both together at the highest of level. Now, faithful listeners of the show will also know that we've already done that live show at, that we had at the Samsung space. And this is kind of the point of departure that we started to have a little bit of that conversation mm-hmm. where you're able to navigate the spiritual and the technical pretty soundly. Mm-hmm. That's usually not found in one set person. And you mm-hmm. don't say this is worse because I have this. Both of them somehow are able to act in concert mm-hmm. and then also vibing on the same aspect of, you know what? I don't really care what the other people are thinking outside there. Mm-hmm. That, that speaks to my soul in a different way. What mm-hmm. you guys got on that. Your own voice is saying things. So you decided to ignore your voice. And it's one thing to not hear <laughs> other people's, right? Yeah. But to, to have the self-confidence and the understanding to decide to not listen to your own voice <laughs> that's telling you maybe you shouldn't do this. Sage and I were just talking about this because Gretchen Rubin has got that four, like four different quadrants of, of, you know, how do you handle the voice telling you what to do? And there's the outside voice telling you what to do and then there's the inner voice. And some people naturally, and there's a quiz, and this is great. And as coaches, right, this is good to know when you're coaching people, um, your client, which which one of these quadrants do they fall into? But I clearly, and Sage is the same, we both clearly fall into the rebel quadrant where 
if you tell me what to do, my natural inclination is going to be to do the opposite. I was not an easy child, like at all. And I also, that inner voice, I also rebel against the inner voice, which, you know, both of them, it's problematic at times, but it makes you grow really, really fast. So I do think there's just this natural wiring, like a polarity that all of us naturally fall into certain buckets. And then knowing which one we fall into, we can then say, okay, is this this is my natural inclination. Should I just double check that? <laughs> like, you know, measure twice, cut once kind of thing. But yeah, I don't know, Sage, if you have anything to add to that. You know, I'm still stuck on vulnerability. Mm. You mentioned that when you were talking about what we do and how we do what we do. Mm. The combination of strength and softness mm. is vital to what we're doing. It's what Pam set up. It's what I've jumped on board with, and now I'm cultivating in a way that's very, very, very personal. The entirety of our human experience, the nervous system, wants one thing. It's all about feeling safe. Our life, our nervous system's existence is about a search for safety, for stasis, for ability to feel. Because when we feel safe, think about it. One person in your life right now, just think about one person in your life, all you listeners in listener land, (laughs) one person with whom you can be naked and unashamed. All of it, all of it. They know everything. That's safety. Now think about it for a second. Take an inhale. Inhale safety into your system. How good does that feel? Because we're going to step outside of the studio. We're going to go out to the streets of New York. And the first thing we're going to sacrifice is that feeling of safety. Unless we cultivate it inside ourselves. And how can we do that without the risky business of vulnerability? You tell me one other fitness facility anywhere where they're going to come in and they're going to encourage you to be soft, to soften in the face of adversity, to soften in the face of attack. To be like water means to let somebody take a punch and to simply move with the punch. To move with it. And what's what Pam's saying? Not to be triggered. I'm a fighter, man. And I'm a shady contract player. I love fighting. <laughs> I love, you know what I mean? I love it when the rules change mid-game. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's on now. Oh, good. Oh, we got teams? We doing teams? Oh, good. <laughs> so to come at this from a place of vulnerability and softness is where breath work for me comes in. Because it's a distinctly feminine energy. Where are you going to go to train where you're going to get powerful feminine softness and vulnerability? But that's what we're working on is a a combination because if you're the calmest person when everyone around you is freaking out because you've trained yourself to have a place of safety that's not dependent upon external triggers or signifiers, you're the most devastatingly effective human in whatever situation you're in. And that field we were talking about emanates – The heart has a field that's detectable eight feet from the human body. How much more a loving heart, a vulnerable heart? Like you can come at me. I see you not liking me. This is my work, by the way. This is not a completed project. This is literally (laughs) – I woke up this morning and I am am in it. I'm talking about it because I'm up to here in it. Yeah. You know, and I'm breathing it and I'm living it. Vulnerability is counterintuitive. But Mm. if we want to get something we never had, maybe we need to do something we never did. Boom. So I am trying to take a page from Pam's book on softness and strength and vulnerability and feeling safe when the world feels anything but safe. 
and see what happens. Man, listen. <laughs> Something's in the water. Come back in and, here. And right? we sneak that in, right? Because yeah. people, you know, a lot of people in New York don't, they wouldn't sign up necessarily for that, right? Like, you know, so you kind of got to, you got to, you got to meet people where they are. Oh, right. right? Did I just let the cat out of the No, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. It's, no, I mean, we're very honest about it all. But it's just most New Yorkers, right, don't realize that that vulnerability is going to be the, the key. To, right? to be honest, it, as I grew up, it was a liability yeah, to well, be that's vulnerable. The thing. We were raised, right? You got to have the shell. You got to be tough. Yep. And that's how you get to that next level. Right. And the thing is, like Einstein says, like you can't solve the problem with the same level of thinking that, that got you in the problem in the first place, right? Mm. You get to a certain point in your life and then you're stuck there. And the way that you get to the next level is by flipping the script. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's what I discovered with my meditation and that inner work that I did. And then when I started training on the ARX and training other people in the ARX, which gives you this opportunity to be more uncomfortable physically than you've ever been in your life in mm-hmm. a really safe way. For sure. You then get the chance to train people mentally in the face of that discomfort, which is what Sage is talking about. But like, we sneak it in. And like some people don't even – no, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. That's fine. That's fine. You can just you can just stay with the physical stuff. You're going to get it anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like you're going to grow anyway, even if you don't realize that that's what you need and even if you're resistant to it. Because a lot of us, we're stuck at a certain level in life because we're resisting the very thing that's going to be what sets us free, right? Mm. And so me as a coach and you guys too, as coaches, you know, sometimes when you're working with clients, you got to give them what they want and what they think they need. And then you also got to give them the thing that they Absolutely. really need Absolutely. to help them level up. And so that's, that's marketing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't get it twisted. You will sweat. For sure. You will, oh my God. you will feel the burn. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not walking out like without working. No, it's true that I work out less than 40 minutes a week and I keep getting stronger. And so <laughs> if that's if that's true, you know that 40 minutes is like, holy it. shit. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, women that I'm friends with, like, oh, I see. It's like giving birth. I'm like, kind of, yeah, the closest <laughs> thing to it. And then it's like, and then how mentally strong are you? And then what tools do you have in your toolbox to bring that much more to the table when it's game on? And that's life. And those life skills aren't just for when you're in the gym. They're for when you're out doing whatever you're doing in life. This is when I gracefully bow out right at the uh, whole conversation of giving birth. It's like, listen, this is coming from somebody who's greater than me. I'm, yeah. the, I'm the only woman that, in the that room. That tapped me so. in. I was like, this sounds good. I'm interested, but that got me in. I'm talking about the level of work. I cannot I, speak to that. I, I as, a, as a new dad, I, I will never saw, know what that feels like. You so saw, you I saw her. I was room. there. I was in the room. I felt the energy, but I don't know what that physical experience feels like. So if this is from a mother saying that's remotely the closest thing that I'm going to get, the feeling, that feeling, Come you have me. I'm ready to play. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be play, but I'm ready to yeah. play. Well, me, even that's, but that's part of the secret sauce, too. Yeah. Right. But I'm built different. Everything I'm, is meant to be play. This is, but here's the deal, right? You know, Work that's fun is yeah. play. Yeah. So you're yeah. work your ass off. It's yeah. just what's going to be fun. Yeah. And then you have that energy of play, yeah. which then levels up the capacity to exceed your results. I mean, that's why play is such a powerful tool in our toolbox. I'm ready to come play. So think about that for a second, though. I mean, when you're treating an entire person, the concept of play is about taking things less seriously. And everybody wants to get into flow. Everybody's talking about flow. Flow's so hot. Oh, transient hypofrontalism. I want to get into flow. Flow and timelessness (laughs) and flow. And I'm flowing and there's a flow. This flow, that flow. This is my flow. What's your flow? Flow, flow, flow. 
Flo's about play. Flo's about having no fucks to give. None. Mm. Just I'm all out of them and I'm just moving <laughs> and I'm shaking and I'm like a little kid. Kids don't have to try to get into flow. Yeah, and this is something dope. I got from my teacher. Like we just wring the life out of children. Sit down. Shut up. Don't do this. Don't, you know, and, then we just, and it compresses. Yeah. And what I do is I get in there with the breath and I start muckety-mucking about <laughs> with the breath. And it just all comes up and out. Mm. All of it. Grown men crying like babies. <laughs> like all of it. All of it. It just comes up and out. And we're working on a whole person. This is a whole body, non-ordinary state of consciousness facility. Yeah. So you come in. You're going to get the promise. You're going to look great. You're going to feel great 100%. But you're going to end up with a little extra something in the tank on accident because something has shifted mentally. And the brain is a ditch digger. (laughs) Think about it. It is constantly digging ditches. And over time, those ditches get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, they're like those aqueducts in L.A. Remember, they're all like cemented in. You drive like 18 semi-trucks. That's a neural pathway that has not been attended to, that has just been accepted as reality. That's just, oh, yeah, that's just, that just is. That is a baseline assumption about life. What we're trying to do is use everything from fitness to wellness to breath work to meditation and all the recovery tools and the entire set of modalities is to get at some of those ditches. Go, is, this a, is this a good ditch or a bad ditch? Should I be decorating <laughs> this ditch or filling it in? Like, to get is this it ditch taking me where I want to go? Because this looks an awful lot like the same place. I feel like I'm just doing circles here in yeah. this ditch. It's one of those validation loops, right? And yeah. you keep going back and forth inside there. So now I have to ask our spiritual advisor of the show. We are joined by a one K.R. Jones. He's well, been absent in this conversation for well, a little good bit. Good morning. No, I, I haven't been absent. I've been. He's been he's been he's silent right as the spiritual advisor. Yeah, he's always sure. here in some way, shape or form. I That's love right. It. And uh, I mean, it takes me to a lot of different places. Everything you're talking about. When I was training heavily in that box space, my clients, we played. We, we definitely did a lot of breathing. And the way they left was feeling great through my calm energy. Right. So to your energy point, I'm not the trainer that's going to yell at you. I'm going to give you the same voice. And look, we're doing a thousand push ups today. <laughs> you know, how either. long do we have? I was just walking right out. <laughs> like, like, wait, why? Or are you going to get on the ground and you're going to start pushing? And I'm not going to yell at you, but you understand that where I'm coming from is like, all right, he obviously has a goal in mind of where we're going to go. Mm. And I'm going to go with that. And I would have a lot of my clients, um, especially a lot of the women that I would train, I would have them throw things, like especially the, the slam ball, just mm. to have that feeling. And they'd be like, I don't, don't want to do it. It's too mm. loud. I'm like, no, make noise. Take up space. Occupy space. Mm. And, and that was shedding that vulnerability layer. And, and when you're in that box gym and you have 40 trainers, 20 of them all on the same floor, y'all sharing the same sandbag and it's like look <laughs> you know let me get this we're gonna make some noise we're gonna take up some space mm. but they left those sessions feeling way better yeah. so it wasn't like a uh oh we i got abs now i got this 12 pack it was like <laughs> no i've shed this layer of vulnerability and now i'm ready to go into the world and be a stronger human yeah. and that's what i hear when when i hear about this space The New York philosophy tends to be that everything has to be go get it, go Mm. hard, do the hard work, grind Mm. it out. And we forget how much 
vulnerability and the emotional side of it is the hard work. Mm-hmm. And we always look at it as, well, let's not sleep and let's go and let's keep pushing and push forward. But the other side of it, the recovery side, the mental side, the mental health side, the vulnerability side, the opening up side, all the other aspects of it that we tend to push down or supersede with the forward movement yeah, we judge those and the as powers weak, and we judge right? that as yeah. weak and we look at it as that not being a powerful thing but this thing that's the most scary requires the most from you mm. and therefore is the most work mm. so if you're most scared of being vulnerable then that's the thing you need to do the most yep. that's the part you need to train the most don't train the things that you're already comfortable and strong at yeah. go for the things that you don't know what to do and you don't know how to do it and you're scared to approach because that's how you're really going to develop as a person. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I called myself out a couple of years ago. I realized that I needed to be really aware of whatever my core beliefs were and if I had any limiting beliefs around what I could do or what you know was best for me to do and to really call myself out on those. And, um, you know, because if, if you find yourself saying, oh, I can't do that, like, nah, that, like, I don't, do you guys know Al Cavadlo? He does no. the calisthenic stuff. He's a really, really cool dude. And he, he does all kinds of crazy shit, like hanging and one arm, you know, stands and shit. That <laughs> and uh, I had known him for a while. And then once I woke up to a lot of this stuff, he popped back up on my radar. And I had that thought, oh, I can't do that. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to go train with Al. Mm-hmm. And so I, I spent a bunch of weeks training with Al. But that's the kind of thing, like, I, I realized actually through my yoga practice that whenever I was resistant to a certain path, Ah, shit, that's the path I actually need, mm-hmm. you know. And so I once I woke up to that and started making myself go down those paths, that's when my growth really started to exponentially explode. And so be really aware, you know, for all of us of what those limiting beliefs are and challenge them. Don't think that that's true. Like, why do you think that's true? And if that weren't true, how would you feel? You know, what kind of person would you be? And it's like, oh, yeah, I got to do that thing I don't want to do. And that's where bravery comes in, right? Yeah. Brave, bold action. (laughs) So before I came to New York, I was living in Appalachia. Before I had done a single breathwork session out of Hacked, I hadn't done a single breathwork session out of Hacked. (laughs) And the way I got the job was Pam's like, okay, breath guy, show me what you got. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. 57 degrees and drizzling, and there was a back porch or deck, and I'm out there with two guys at the top of their field who don't know me, don't want to breathe, don't care about me and my breath, and are only sitting there because Pam's like, come on, guys, we're going to go breathe. (laughs) You can't say no to me, by the way. (laughs) It's not possible to say no to me. I had 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And when it was done, this is not, but this is what I'm saying. That level of vulnerability is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not qualified. I'm not one of these people. I'm not all the reasons, man, but you just jump in. And all I've done for six, seven months now, since I was given a shot to come in and breathe people out of hack is show up and bring it, show up and bring it, show up and bring. And I don't know what's coming up. You get people breathing, man. You don't even know mm-hmm. what's going to pop up mm-hmm. and out. Just like you've probably seen somebody right in the middle of a set. They'll just – they hit a trauma pocket, something, and that's it. And they're crying or sobbing or they have a release and you're like, I don't know, man. I'll drop and give me 50 more. (laughs) It's it's actually happened to me. Yeah. 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 I'm not surprised. I would think with you guys that would happen. I just – I'm so emotionally in tune. Mm. I kind of – I don't want this to sound arrogant, but – 
it's been a gift and a curse for me because mm-hmm. when I come from an environment where most people are not like that. So if you're like that, you look that soft. Yes. But I finally feel like the rest of the world is catching up to where I've been because this is just who I've always been. Yeah. And it's been a gift and a curse. People have always said, yo, you're emotional. You're emotional. You're too emotional. They've always mm-hmm. tried to label that as a negative right. thing. And now in my adult years, like my, my hypersensitivity to being emotionally aware and in tune with things puts me in a level where I can be super compassionate. I can mm. be vulnerable. I can come into a room and be empathetic. Because I'm so in tune with those things and those feelings. And it is a superpower because people feel it. Again, Mm -hmm. when we talk about feeling energy, if they're in the space of someone who cares about them and who isn't judging them, it actually helps them allow that stuff to be released and and then it's not in them anymore so that's a healing thing that happens that you're bringing as a gift right and absolutely and and it's something that people again the things that we don't see and we can't really necessarily articulate but that's what you're doing in those moments whenever we can show up for other people with care and Mm. non-judgment we're going to help them heal absolutely in Mm. some capacity and you guys all bring that that's why i love y'all i've been very quiet i usually talk a lot they know i talk a lot but uh (laughs) great great kwana chef says uh a great listener is a great learner. So I'm, I'm kind of just really soaking up game, like he would say. But I, I align to you on many principles. Very nice name, by the way. I just named my son Sage. Really? Yeah. Outstanding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I hope he's just as, as brave as you. Um, I love the energy. I also know what it feels like to feel like, you know, to be, to, for a doctor to tell you, like, hey, listen, like, you, if you don't change something, you're going to die. And then also growing up where I grew up, and again, and, and going through certain situations where life or death, this shit, this shit kind of forces you into a situation where, like, you just don't take life for granted. So mm-hmm. I align with you on that because I've been in situations where I've almost lost my life that, like, I know what it is to go to a dark place where I now I know what, like, shit, I know what it is to, I tell them all the time, I put my ten toes on the ground, I get up, mm. I have air in my lungs, I'm already winning. Mm. That's the mentality because I know what it is to come from that dark place. Mm. And like you, I'm a big believer in the body will achieve whatever the mind believes. I, I, I could do a one-hand push-up, I could one-arm pull-up. Come up, on flag on a fucking tree <laughs> things that I used to see on Instagram that I thought I'd never be able to do but isn't it a beautiful thing and to get into really get into a flow state you got to get out of your own way mm-hmm. like when you can get out of your own way you can finally get to that place that you're trying to go to mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing you know this is the new era of wellness where it's your fucking six pack abs don't matter what's That's really right. going on on the inside oh, of your body because I've been there but in this new layer of life and love and being a parent I don't train as much as I can so I've had to make sure that the brain doesn't atrophy and that I keep myself positive mentally mm-hmm. when I'm not able to sleep or I'm in these different states and that's what really showed me that that shit is cool mm-hmm. but what are you really doing what's the fine tuning work that you're doing which is where the, the psychotherapy comes into play like I'm in therapy make sure that I'm keeping this thing in tune and yeah. keeping this thing intact and I'm trying to push a very similar narrative that all of that shit will fade yeah, mm. and one day it's really gonna fade. Yeah, the physicality, of the body, never so you never right. stay that sharp. But no. but who you are is always who you yeah. are. So how about you get people to really be where they're supposed to be on the inside? Yeah, Her to reach. me, I know, I, I love you guys. I mean, to me. <laughs> having that real clear deep why like why why are we even doing any of this and the deeper the why and the clearer the why the the more power that yeah, we're going to have when the going gets tough mm. like i was just having this conversation with my husband this weekend because yeah. we're in a going gets tough kind of phase and it's like remember why you're doing this mm. like really why this yeah, isn't man. about the money this is yeah. this is about legacy this is about being and bringing something to life 
And that deeper why is going to empower you through it. Mm. And then remembering, you know, the values, like what are the things that are really important to you and not looking for external validation, but rather bringing them forth from your own being. So even when you have a day where you strike out five times, mm. you go to bed that night, you look in the mirror like, well, I was brave. I showed up. Yeah. I was kind. I did my best. And you know what? From the outside in, it looked like a horrible day, mm-hmm. but inside out. Is cool. I'm sleeping good, mm. and tomorrow's a new day. And so that's the stuff. And then the other is the core beliefs. Like, what do you really believe to be true about the situation? Mm. And those are kind of the three pillars that keep me grounded. But then it's like having a big vision. It's like, where are we going? You know, like that. It's like you got firm roots, and then where is the tree growing? And then just do it. You know, just breathe. Like that's where sage comes in. Like learning to really breathe it out mm. and be that. Like that's that's the the simple you know the stuff we can't see simple sauce that I, I live mm. by. What are you teaching and giving? What tools are you giving your team to be able to handle that negative energy? So part of what I know I deal with a lot of times in my practice, especially with the massage into the training and all mm. the other sides of it, and definitely the life coaching is you absorb all the negativity that's being mm. released. Energy doesn't just mm. nope. It, it it has to go somewhere, yeah, it goes somewhere. and yeah. it tends to go to the person who's giving mm-hmm. the the care. So what are you what tools are you giving your caregivers to be able to handle all that energy and all that impact that they're receiving? So that's a great question. It's one of my favorite things because helpers and healers, the caregivers, where do we go? Where do we go? How do we divest? Mm-hmm. And I would just want to say for anybody listening out there in listener land, all this talk about softness and vulnerability, I want to talk about the power too. Because as helpers and healers, we need access to power. We give all our power away if it's not done correctly and then we end up with nothing. You ever come home at the end of the day and you just want to kick or slap or punch? Or, and I'm the breath guy. <laughs> I'm the peace and love and let it go and breathe it through and – right? Same. So I have – There's been some incidents on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm saying. So what we're doing now is I'm actually working with breath work in the workplace. How do we breathe at Hacked, not how do you breathe when you come into Hacked and we tell you how to breathe and we're working on pre, during, post-workout, all of the breath stuff, right? Breath at the center, breath is life, breath is everything. But how do we breathe when the negative energy in real time, how do we absorb and pass it through? Because it's easier to keep energy moving than it is to get it moving. It's easier to stay unstuck than it is to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting to actually train. How do I breathe to pay attention? How do I breathe to exercise my concentration muscle? (laughs) You got it. How do we breathe to exude this sense of care? Because from the moment you walk up the stairs and hacked, you can already feel the energy. How do we breathe to absorb the energy of what's in the space when we're coming into the space? And this is where the science of breath just is sadly lacking, by the way. Science only gives us so much to measure. And then you've got to just take that leap off the giant cliff and free fall into whatever's next because the woo around breath is undeniable. Every spiritual path in the world believes that Breath is sacred. doesn't matter who you are. It's the one thing that connects us all. We're all sucking off the same bubble of air Mm -hmm. and we're all in reverence of this thing called life that is given to us one breath at a time. You take your breath away, life goes away quickly. So you put that in the workspace. How do I clear negative energy? Well, I'm alive now. And this person's energy and behavior is not my problem. 
I let it go. So if you have to do one thing, master the exhale. There's a little beautiful neural trigger at the top of the inhale. And when you dump the exhale, and I keep snapping because it is that almost Shakespearean, like little kids. You're you're like, and they drink water. They're so honest and they're expressing how they feel. Well, if we can take that idea, that honesty, that vulnerability in the breath, because we're normally breathing high and tight and really holding our breath. Keep the breath going. Let that exhale go. There's a reflex, a relaxation response. And we talked about the nervous system needing to feel safe. It's an automatic trigger that tells the nervous system it's safe. It's cool. You can relax. And you'll feel it in your nervous system, almost like goosebumps. So we're training our people how to breathe energetically, not just biomechanically or biochemically, but energetically to be able to help other people process. Because that calm, if you maintain it under fire when somebody else is freaking out, And so we breathe and we love. And I just want to say again, the power. I spend a lot of time divesting from really toxic emotions, toxic, Mm. angry. And I'm not a fan of the term toxic masculinity, but there is a level of toxicity where we are trained as men to be hard and cold and we are not kind and we are not warm and we are not fuzzy and we are definitely not soft. Mm soft you go down you know you guys all know nobody's arguing with me here like oh no no on the street soft is dead yeah right so how are we to exercise soft well pretty badly in the beginning is my story pretty poorly and occasionally publicly crying at a movie or something (laughs) embarrassingly like the process of softening is so uncomfortable (laughs) it's the most uncomfortable i would rather be uncomfortable than do the work that makes me uncomfortable to soften. Mm. But handling other people's energy, handling the negativity, if I'm okay with me and if I'm safe, then what you're doing right now has no bearing on me. It's not a mental game. Oh, you can't affect me. I'm strong. You know, I'm rubber, you're glue. Bounce (laughs) off me, sticks to (laughs) you. (laughs) It's not that. It hurts. I acknowledge it. I feel it. And... I let it go and it's gone. Why? Because I feel safe. And because I'm safe, I can give and receive love much more freely. I'm much more clear. I'm much, and my power. Oh my God, you guys, the power. (laughs) I put my hands on people now and when we breathe, the stuff that happens and I don't have to use the energy that I had to use. I used to have to bring, oh, bring it. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna put my hand on you and I'm gonna bring it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? No. Just. The breath is such a powerful, it's the most powerful tool that I've discovered for sure. And I feel so grateful that Sage is in our space and we're able to learn from him. And the breath, you know, for our people is definitely one of the pillars, you know, but community is another one, right? So we support one another and we have each other's back because we're all human and you have the ebb and flow. And so when you have a team, a family, a community of people, that's another one of the, the big things that we, we give to each other. Like we're a family at Hacked. And so whoever's the one who's kind of carrying a heavier burden, we, we always have each other's back. Like 
it's a kind of team that when anything is ever going wrong, we have your back. We're never going to be stabbing you in the back and throwing you under the bus, right? That's, that's the measure of a good friendship, a good community is that we lift each other up and we remember the fabric of what makes us all the same, not what makes us different. And we're all inclusive and connected. So the breath, community, and then there's a bunch of the others, the self-care stuff, because we all have to, at the end of the day, be responsible for bringing our own energy up, Right. And so knowing that that we have that power from the inside out to bring the energy Mm. and not give our power away to the external circumstances, which most humans do that, like, oh, this is the reason why I'm having a tough day. That's the reason why. And it's like, well, yeah, all that is real. It's real that all these external circumstances are heavy. But we have the power in our hearts to then transmute that and figure out from the inside out how to bring love, how to bring joy, how to bring peace willingness or at least just neutrality, just acceptance to the situation so we're not leaking our power. So that's another thing that we actually teach and, again, embody at Hacked, walking that walk, that we take full responsibility for the energy that we're bringing to the situation and we're going to care about each other and have each other's back in that sense of community. Hmm. Your foundation, foundation is back to rooted. I was just thinking about when, like, we speak about the importance of breathing. Mm -hmm. Think about when a woman is giving birth, Mm -hmm. right? When, you're, when a woman is bringing life into the world, what are the things the doctors tell you to do? They tell you to breathe. They tell you to push. So outside of pushing, they tell you to breathe, mm-hmm. right? So the importance of breathing is that's one of the most important things in the world. That's how you bring life into the world. Yeah. All right? Let's get the pelvic floor and the mm-hmm. diaphragm and the TVA and everything involved. And let's fill this canister up. But breathing is super important. And I know yeah. I had to take a, a mindful moment before I walked in this room. I had to make sure that... I didn't come into this room with a specific energy. So when you guys were like, you're calm, it's because I had to take a breathing moment because I got in here, whoever knows how late, Mm. because New York City will test you, it'll try you. Mm. So what I had to do is I had to take my energy back. Mm. So I relate to that. I had Mm. to breathe. And breathing has been one of the biggest things for me this year. I mean, you know, you learn it swinging kettlebells or snatching, like you learn how to breathe through exercise. But just breathing in reality and breathing in these mindful moments and being aware of your energy Mm. and being able to take it back and be like, listen, I'm going to not allow the circumstance that's happening right now to derail my whole day, Mm. right? So that's where the whole win the day thing that we did came from is, you know, honing that energy. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that empowerment through breath work, and I think that ties together into where I see you guys going and what I see is something that's going to be pretty powerful going forward. Now, I did a session with Sage, and then I also had a chance to kick it with him for a little bit, and I like the idea of what you're doing with this breath work going forward, this breath work 2.0. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, yeah. Oh, uh, we got to get into breathertainment, my friend, because breathertainment <laughs> is going into a whole different space. Uh-oh. And we're we're about to go boldly where not a lot of people have gone before. We're going to jump into these deep waters. I want to hear about that, man. I so imagine on. Friday night. I got started years ago at the New Eurekan. And they let me stay. I was like, you're a weird white guy. You can stay. It's cool. (laughs) All right. You know, all right, cool. And so I got started there. And then I got pulled into this beautiful culture of poetry Mm -hmm. and then beatboxing battles. And then like and poetry slams and competition and but friendly and a place where you bring your best. So imagine bringing your best breath your very best breath and there's a live band and you get up there and so it's like you know and it's just like in the beats and then someone else is like and then the polyrhythms and everybody 
and it becomes a battle. You can't just start talking casually after you just did that shit. He's just breathe boxing on you, man. That I told you, you got to <laughs> He casually just flexed back again. And someone, that was insane. But you didn't even see the full spectrum yet. My man is also playing the violin while this is going down. Oh, yeah. Electric and there's violin drums. And beats and production. And, and so I'm creating music for people to breathe to. Breathing is a passion of mine, and I'm excited about it. And I've been an artist for 20 years. I've been on the red carpet at Sundance and competition for the Grand Jury Prize. I had a record that was out that everybody hailed was a new face of electronic music. Guess what? My character could not sustain my gifting. So I took a pause, and I nearly died a bunch, and now I'm back with the benefit of yeah. having nearly died a bunch. And yeah. I'm going to tell you breathing is the only thing that matters, and if I can make it creative oh. and fun and interesting, I'm creating the Pink Floyd laser light show, the That's Friday good. night lights of breathing. Yeah, yeah, awesome. grow and you jump in, and there's live music and entertainment, yeah. and I'm work, we, you know, Pam's got a sound bed that's vibrational, so the skin being the largest sensory input organ on the body, imagine hearing live electric violin with beats and production. Live music, like big, bold experiences and people breathing and releasing emotions. We will have people trained in trauma release. My biggest issue with some of these big, fancy breathing things that are out there now is they're not training people to, re- to, to deal with the trauma that is being released mm-hmm. in these 17,000-person gigantic breathing environments, mm-hmm. right? So I want to have a responsible, medically sound, ethically responsible and 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 practitioner wise responsible to the people that are coming to breathe system of entertainment that makes breath work engaging and fun and enjoyable and we know what we're doing to your brain and body chemistry and we have if it goes a little in this direction we can mitigate here like a chill out room at the rave you know when you did too many drugs you have to go pet the carpet <laughs> not that any of us did that no I never did drugs but oh that's a real thing if you did yeah the chill out room that carpet is real yeah the carpet it's a fuzzy wall man the lava lamp is talking to me I was absent Yo. that day I wasn't there that day <laughs> But imagine a breakout room where if you're in a, a large yeah. group of people now and you have something that needs care, you get escorted out and there's a care room on the side where we, we're, we're taking care of people that are having these powerful releases. And yeah. then here's where you can go after. Here's who you can talk to. These people are trained in helping you facilitate your growth through breath journey. But there's got to be a funnel. Mm-hmm. And there's no funnel. So I'm inventing a funnel. And at the front end of the funnel is all the lights and fairy dust and glitter and boas and <laughs> razzle-dazzle tap dance stomp. Freaking beatbox! I don't give a shit, man. It is going Bro, down. Crazy. It is going down. Oh, already people, you already got it. me sold up. The shit you just did was nothing, man. Imagine you fucked me up. Troy was hooked. He started breathing. I'm coming to the show. You gotta come. Front center. Me and Tony, I guess. I don't, you gotta come guys I'm there. Practice breathing. Bring it because everybody needs a spot. A spot on the mic. Just come up and breathe to the music. We put it. And we're just gonna we're gonna breath battle, breath cipher. Do you know what I mean? That's breath what we got, guys. Exactly I'm, what it is. Yeah, I ain't ready to battle yet. I got asthma. I'm real worried. <laughs> That's, okay. That's, That's the best excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got the inhaler. Yo, that might make an ill sound. Though. Listen, my that might be like the my breath work of, just of breath might get better. Oh, you're right. You know the what I mean? It's like an auto tune inhaler. So I don't know if you knew you were preaching to the converted, but. It already sounds like yeah. you got plus four on that, got, on that list. Boom, bapitis. I'm in there. I do have a hyper-personal question. <laughs> um, you, said thing, you said something that I've never experienced before. You said you f- look for safety, feeling safe. And I don't know if it's the – maybe these brothers can, can tell me how they feel, but I've never felt safe. Mm. I've felt times where no one's attacking me. I feel times where I'm relatively invulnerable at this moment, but I've never in my life felt safe. 
Yeah. I don't know what that's. I would like to feel safe. Yeah. I would like to know what that's like, but I've mm. never felt safe. Mm. Mm. May you? I? I'm gonna. I'll bring my mom energy. To I was this. just gonna say, okay. mom, there mom. We go. Yeah. Mom's I mean, it's in. this is this is the human condition, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're born into these bodies with these brains, and it's like we were launched onto this adventure, this journey, and there is nothing fundamentally safe about the human condition. We're all gonna die. Yeah. Like. We all, I mean, I think we all know, right? We're all, first of all, we're mature about it. And so a lot of people live their life pretending like they're not going to die and they don't want to talk about it. And they kind of put it under the bed behind the back of the closet, which we know is not of service because then you're not brave and you don't do the things Mm -hmm. that when you're dying, you look back, you're like, oh, I wish I did that. But we all here at the table know that we're all, we're all going to die. Right. And so it makes perfect sense for our brain and our body to not feel safe because we know that fundamentally we're not like we are going to lose this spaceship but the thing is as we go on this this deeper journey of of who we are and what we are and what we're really doing here we have the capacity to kind of witness that okay we have a body we have a brain what we are is is much deeper and more eternal than that and so what i suggest to anyone listening and and to you since you're sitting here with these big beautiful eyes looking at me Mm -hmm. i suggest that you know you you meditate and you connect with a deeper sense of of who and what you are and that you are not this body you are not this brain and if you can sense into how deeply held you actually are by all of what this is and all of what you are and that fundamentally not only are you held by it you are that. And that's where fundamentally we can find safety in this very unsafe, impermanent human condition, human adventure. But it's a very, I mean, it's, it's a part of being human, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing to reflect on and shine a light on lovingly. Say, of course. And there's some grieving that's going to be between where you are now and where you're going to end up. Because there's a lot of stuff that's happened in our life to make us feel like we're not safe, make us feel like we're not good enough, make us feel like we're disconnected, make us feel like we are not this all isness of this. And and it was sad when we, we felt disconnected from that. And it's it's sad. And so there'll be some crying and some dancing and some laughing in between mm-hmm. then and now. But what you just shine a light on is so beautiful and it's so universal. Anyone who's human has has felt this way, does feel this way. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful that you shine a light on it. Yeah. Can I just say also it's in the, at the at the risk of all responses at this point sort of distill into cliche if I'm not careful. It is an inside job. And when we don't have a container for safety, you have to create a container. Part of the crazy woo work, I was given a large dose of psychedelics at six weeks old by parents who were hippies. Explains a lot. <laughs> I see things like an Alex Gray painting, like the tool, tool. guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I see things in a very 5D way. And everything's about containers. In our internal worlds, if we lack a container for something, we cannot fill it with something we don't have the ability to contain. So my brother, I would tell you, we can work on your container. Every one of us has a container. You just haven't met your container yet. And that container inside of you, some people call it a soul. Some people call it, people call it a lot of things. Mostly they call it whatever they can twist it for to market you something to fill it. Hmm. (laughs) And when that shit runs out, because it will, it'll run out. Eventually, you're like, oh, man, that was a kiddie pool container, too. That shit fucking deflated. Mm -hmm. 
Now I got no container. Oh, shit. I'm not safe. I'm not whole. I'm not complete. I don't know who I am. I don't believe my voice or your voice. It's all bullshit. <laughs> what the holy actual fuck? <laughs> right? You need a container. We need. I need yeah. a container. And my brother, I'm here to tell you it is all of our divine birthright to get in touch with our container. We have a right to feel safe. Mm-hmm. We have a right that's the only right I think we have is to feel love. I think we have safe. a right to love. I okay, maybe. I knew I, I knew I was overstating. We got love. I knew it. Love. I we got to throw some it. happiness in there. <laughs> but we got to throw a little bit of happiness in there. Container. Love, love and safety all going to the same. You find that. You find that. You hold on to that. You can put a drop in it every day. And if all you got is a drop, eventually that's going to add up. I think there's a strong possibility that safety has never been a thing I looked for. Mm. Um, because hey now. I, I'm deeply in touch with myself. I'm hey very in control and understanding of my emotions. Okay. And I'm on a consistent journey. I think everybody who mm. has some kind of understanding is. But I never looked at safety as a possibility. Mm. Part of it because of who I am. Part That's of it deep. because like how I was raised, what I'm dealing with, being a person of color, yeah. living in the places I've lived before I came back to New York. Mm. Um, I saw things differently. And I made myself as strong as I possibly could. I studied martial arts and guns and everything I possibly could to understand the actions of violence toward me and to Mm -hmm. prepare myself for it. Mm -hmm. And then understanding my mental health and my mind state so that I can control myself when I am attacked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what I never even thought to do was to try to feel safe. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to feel prepared. Prepared. Yeah. yeah. You're preaching yeah. to the choir yeah. here on this one. Yeah. I live in Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Where guns are legal. I get I get the study of martial arts yeah. and controlled violence. Mm. That's what Joe Rogan talks about a yeah. lot. Yeah. I mean, that, that this yeah. male need to just bash the living. He says he goes into the gym every day and practices murder. <laughs> well, wow. I'm not going to pass judgment on how someone's philosophy is on how they treat life. But I'm, I don't look at it from that perspective. I just I'm one of the people who gets attacked. And when I was in Florida, I was arrested four times for not committing crimes. I spent time in jail. I didn't do anything. I spent money for lawyers to get out of it. And the only thing I could think of was to protect myself from the idea of violence coming from the outside, Mm -hmm. but never to make myself safe from it. So that's a new new concept. And I also feel like what I feel like reflecting to you is that it's also because of your background and your life experience, it also hasn't been safe for you to actually feel and act out the righteous anger. Like you have every right Mm. to be angry about this and all of this, and it hasn't been safe for you personally and a collective to really allow that anger to have a voice and have the natural consequence of change because our country still has not repaired, has not done the work Mm -hmm. that is so direly needed for this to be repaired in a collective way. And so I think what I'm feeling is that part of this process is for all of us to commit to finding a way for there to be an adequate, safe way for the righteous anger to be communicated and for the changes that need to happen systemically in our culture to fucking happen finally. Yeah, so beautifully absolutely. put. I, can I just circle back, though, because I'm not yeah. advocating violence as a system Oh, no, I, don't, of violence. I didn't think you were. Yeah. But there's a certain aspect that Pam just articulated exceptionally well that when we don't have an adequate expression for righteous anger, mm-hmm. it festers, it curdles, 
it goes bad. Well, it eats away at us. And it, it does. And we don't – and so there's a difference between the study of violence to mitigate in violence and self-defense. I believe strongly and firmly in the human's right to self-defense. There's another right. I knew I overstated that other point before. There you go. <laughs> we'll keep finding them. <laughs> we'll keep finding them. But this ability to feel safe inside yourself in spite of the circumstances. So I don't let my circumstances dictate my reality. I'm not completely delusional most of the time. <laughs> Although I think most of us are delusional. We just are delusional and unhappy. We make up stories that are, we, we're delusional. We're telling ourselves things that aren't true and they're often negative. So I call myself the captain of team delusional but happy because mm -hmm. I'd rather release a better quality class of chemical into my body with my delusional thinking. So I tend to think, well, it's better than it is. Why not make up a story that's better than the circumstances mm. that I find myself in? And so safety, it's not an illusion. It's not delusional. But it requires a certain level of trained thought to get out of that giant aqueduct paved over brain ditch mm. because it's, that's, it's very common. Men are trained in law enforcement and military and I've had the fortune to breathe some first responders and people that are – you know, my teacher also is very alpha male centric. And this breathwork thing allows us – to pioneer this power and peace, this ability to have the anger, to feel the anger, to process the anger with my breath, and on the other side of the anger, to find that safety and that release. And I got to tell you again, this is new for me. A year ago, I wasn't where I am now with this. I was still like, let's study, let's get the books, let's train. Someone comes at you like this. And, and then, yes, how do I self-control? What are the laws? What is a legal, justifiable self-defense? How do I not end up with $100,000 in a lawyer bill mm -hmm. just to walk free because I had to defend myself? This is a very tricky situation. Mm -hmm. All of this and safety, when we just get to the core of it, undercuts the entirety of this mental gymnastics, this mind game thing that we have going on. Safety, when it's introduced to the system, simply eradicates the need. Mm. And we could take all of that energy and all of that resource that we've spent getting physically, mentally, we steal ourselves. You know, we've all seen the DVDs, taken yeah. the training course. We steal ourselves for the best of what may come and we are prepared, right? And then what happens? Like, Life comes and we get rolled and we spend all our time. Oh, I got I dropped it all. Oh, okay, I got to pick it all back up. I got to, right? What a, just let it go. But I also think we're all just doing our best from wherever we are, you know, and, and because you are on this path and you are going deeper and you're asking the questions and you're uncovering new opportunities for deeper growth and deeper empowerment. And it's having those deeper roots and then having those, those bigger kind of far reaching branches and canopy of, of love and creativity and greatness. And it's, it's just beautiful. You know, all of this all fits together and what you guys are bringing, you know, to the community and how you're reflecting all this back. I mean, it's just, it's all really, really good stuff. I just want to jump into, I guess, my holy fuck moment, <laughs> which was uh, in yoga teacher training. And these gentlemen know, but I just finished like a yoga teacher 200-hour program. And as we're going through it, what, realize, what I realized and what really got me was all of these positions that you think of yoga is like, oh, I'm doing this handstand, I'm doing this balance work, I'm doing this crazy twisting. And that twisting is to get you in the optimal position to meditate comfortably. So when you see like Buddha and everybody sitting on cross leg and their arms are folded and just yoga is designed to get you to meditate to this one position. That was the start of it. That's it. It's not about 
bending and twisting. It's like, all right, I need my body to get here so I can comfortably sit and think. So you can go and or not think. <laughs> and meditate. You know, when people's like, oh, my handstand's the best, or, you know, I can do this headstand. No, it means nothing. It means I need to breathe and focus on this one space. And that's to his point of filling that cup and finding that safety. Because if I'm there, nobody's going to bother me. You know, like, mm-hmm. who's going to attack a person meditating? Like, there's just not a thing. Well, I mean, that's, you, you will potentially get attacked in the three-dimensional, right? But yeah. if, you're, if you're really meditating and you're cracking that code and going there, you realize this is not what you are. I mean, I went to teacher training, too, in 2013, and it was a transformational moment, like never looking back kind of thing to what you're saying, too. But that's the thing. Like, yes, we have bodies, and yes, there's times when we need to identify with those bodies in order to, to be here and, and do the work of what we can do while we're here. But that's that's not all we are. And the more you can identify with that deeper knowing of what you are, and you can find that through meditation, you can find that out in nature, you can find it in a lot of ways. But the more you can identify with that, that's when you can be liberated to then allow your energy to rise up. So whatever we may have righteous anger about or righteous, you know, the need to do things differently, you can do it out of love. You know, so do anger out of love. Do whatever you need to do, but do it out of love. And that to me is, you know, the real liberation and that rising up that we all have the capacity to do, which ultimately can transform the collective of the the things that our society clearly needs to change. Things are broken. And yoga is a beautiful practice that helps support our ability to make those positive changes. Because if you're in a lower state of consciousness, you're not realizing the polarity um, of, of like, if you watch the news now, I can't even watch the news because it's constant lower level, you know, us and them, you know, this, this separation and labels and all this lower level stuff. And it's all an illusion. And it's working against the greater good of where hopefully we all at this table are committed to going, which is this reparation which is this rising up. So we all have the capacity to, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through you know really higher level um, authentic conversations that matter like this, we all have the capacity to continue um, take responsibility for our own rising up and be like, wait, am I doing, am I, am I taking action out of love, wisdom, and bravery? Am I committed to those three things? And if I just keep staying committed to those three things, we will keep rising up collectively and individually. And that to me is what... You know, I one of the big takeaways from yoga that I had, and it's just all good stuff. A revolution born of love, wisdom, and bravery. I yes. like the sound of that. It's uh, a big three right there. I'm feeling you, this vibration. Oh, I'm, I'm on another level with it. You <laughs> um, love bravery, the pillars of what you are. I see that you operate genuinely through love, and that seems to be your mm. superpower. At mm. least that's what I'm gravitating from mm. you. Um, Sage, one thing that I love that you said is that you acknowledge that you weren't who you are this year, last year, right? which speaks mm. to evolution, right? Mm. Evolution, consistent growth, the forward march. You're not supposed to be the same person you were last year. Mm. Um, so it's a beautiful thing to see where you are now. We like to leave the listeners with a gem, a little bit of information on how they can progressively move their life forward in a positive direction, right? So we have a lot of listeners all over the world who might not be able to get down to hack fitness. Is there anything that you could leave our listeners with, just a little gem on how they can kind of hack themselves into moving in the right direction or adapting to the, the mindset needed to be a better human being? I think the breath is the, the single biggest tool. And when I found it, all the other tools I had prior locked into place very quickly. So if I could leave people with one thing, one gem, mm. learn to master the exhale. Learn to breathe in and at the top of the inhale, just dump it out. Let it go. There is a reflex point that is a relaxation trigger. Mm. 
Hmm. At the top of the inhale, that when you, in a Shakespearean way, with drama, even physically, letting it out and embodying the sigh like a kid, and don't, <sighs> it's so tempting to ride the breath down. Whole other exercise, you will miss the reflex point. Hmm. And don't force it out because you'll miss the reflex point. The reflex point is in that subtle, beautiful turnaround. If you've studied martial arts, you understand slowly there's a moment where the motion moves from one direction to another. That turnaround, that beautiful, that, that swirl, right? That's what's happening with the breath. And when we let it out like that. Yeah. Wherever you are around the world, you're welcome. <laughs> Let <laughs> it we permeate into your nervous system. Yeah. Take that with you. It works on the subway. It works in line behind a lady who forgot her wallet at the Christmas season. It works <laughs> when there's screaming babies on a plane. Yeah. Oh, and it can work for you no matter where you are. You can just yeah. let it go, trigger the relaxation response. That's what I got. That's beautiful. You want one from me? Um, yeah. yeah. Please really drop quick. a gem. Please. All right, really quick. Question everything you believe to be true. Yes. Just everything that you – because even if it was true yesterday, mm. this is a new moment. You're it doesn't right. mean it's true now. Mm. And then be a student of results, what gets results. And if it gets results, great. That is true now. But if it doesn't get results, then your assumptions are flawed. There you go. I like that. Where can the lovely listeners find you beautiful human beings? Well, we're at Hacked Fitness. So the website, H-A-C-K-D-Fitness.com. And then And I'm actually in the process of a rebrand. So depending on when this comes out, you could find me at SageRader.com. S-A-G-E-R-A-D-E-R.com. Right on. Can you please give everybody your socials too so they can keep in touch? Mm. Well, Hacked Fitness, we're on Instagram, Facebook. My personal stuff, which is a little bit more on the spiritual side, is right Pamela on. P. Gold. For sure. Multi-hyphenated individuals out here, folks. It's hard to put them in one All container. Right. You're going to get a lot of different stuff that comes inside here. Sage, you got anything that they yeah. can follow on? Currently, sage.breath, soon to be sage.rater. Okay. Right so on. just put sage and dot and then type in whatever <laughs> word you want, and there's going to be something's going to come you up. You got me going, Tony. What's going on, man? We all need a container. But they can't be contained. They can't be contained. <laughs> Definitely not. You can only hope to. Been, dad and me, the corny dad jokes to me, y'all. Very, very unboxed. There we go. I love every aspect of that. Hell yes. Hopefully you're feeling sipping. charged up. Still <laughs> nice small sips. Make sure we're breathing in this life the right way. Once again, it's been another fantastic episode of Off the Strength. I'm a trainer called Tony. K.R. Jones. Mr. Brooks. You're a trainer, Corey. Peace and much love to y'all. Until next time, we'll see you soon. 